Love Talk Radio. Across the country and around the world, streaming live on the Internet, it's Real Estate Coaching Radio, bringing you the latest news, interviews, and secrets of the top producers. Hosted by award-winning real estate coaches, Tim and Julie Harris. Welcome back. It's Tim and Julie Harris, and this is, of course, Real Estate Coaching Radio, broadcasting live from lovely Austin, Texas. And this is your number one source for unfiltered, full-strength honesty about how to get your butt in action, helping others and making a ton of money and getting the most out of this real estate recovery. And as we've been saying, and I know a lot of you guys are definitely understanding and experiencing this, we are in the very beginning stages of what will be a 7- to 10-year real estate boom. No, I did not say bubble. I did not say we're going to end in tears as we just uh, did in 07. This is a real estate boom, which means prices will increase, um, mindset about real estate will continue to improve. You are in the right place at the right time. Now it's your absolute imperative to take the right actions and make the most out of this really what will be probably for most of us a sing- probably the single best opportunity uh, in your careers. There it is, bottom line. So today we're going to be focusing on something that troubles many of you called call reluctance. We're going to be focusing on seven specific tips and I would say more than tips or more of exact how-tos, so you can overcome call reluctance. But before I get to that, like always, I want to welcome my lovely wife, Julie, back to the call. So, Julie, hello. Thank you so much. Thank you. It's always and, my pleasure. Uh, Jules, I didn't have a chance to tell you this, but we are um, now, uh, as a regular thing, getting over 10,000 listens. So we have definitely uh, accomplished our goal of you know, spreading the word about what we are all mm-hmm. about here at our coaching business. So a lot of you are resonating with us in that we are, frankly, the only agent-centric coaching business that there is. We are totally and completely focused on what's best for you, the individual practitioner, because we know, it's not even a belief, we know that you are the heart and soul of the housing industry. You, the folks listening to this radio show, are the reasons that real estate is recovering. It's your blood, sweat, and tears that has gone out there and gotten homes sold, you know, created listings that are sellable, generated buyer traffic and all the rest of it. So we want to help you to uh, flourish in this real estate recovery. And one of the main ways to do that, frankly, is picking up the phone. But then we have to help you overcome call reluctance. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. Jules, before we get to that, I know you've been mm-hmm. on the phone pretty steadily all day, as have I. Share with the listeners what you have experienced, some stories from your coaching schedule, anything you have that you think will benefit all of our listeners. Sure. Well, it's related to our topic today of call reluctance. And the interesting thing is call reluctance can sort of rear its ugly head on a multitude of levels. And where I was seeing it today, now that we have are, you know, on the edge and certainly for some of our agents, they're already seeing the results of their hard work in becoming great listing agents. And many of them now have more active listings than they have ever had before in their career. So kudos to them. It's fantastic. Congratulations. And, of course, the next coaching call is, oh, my gosh, I've got to talk to all of these people until they sell. I have to maintain the relationship. So there can be call reluctance even when you have active business, when you're talking about talking to your active sellers. Sometimes we see that because, as our illustrious broker used to always say, Rory, 
your job is to be the one with the listing when it sells. So yeah. we've been doing a lot on seller communication. And why do agents sometimes not call their sellers all the time? Well, it's the same reason they don't always call for sale by owners, same reason they don't always do a great job on lead follow-up. They don't know what to say or how to say it. So it is related to today's topic, call reluctance. And I want agents to really think how many places in their business do they actually experience call reluctance. The obvious place we always think about is prospecting, outward phone calls. But it can also be lead follow-up, price reductions, talking to your sellers, maintaining relationships. Overcoming call reluctance is probably the most important thing any agent who wants to not just get by in this business, but thrive in this business, probably the most important thing for them to work on. And you know the truth is, Julie, is at the end of the day, your license might say salesperson, right? Depending on what mm-hmm. state you're in, it says different things. But the reality right. of this is, is you are a communicator. Well, and how effective you are at communicating is a direct has a direct correlation to the money that you will make from the people that you're right. able to effectively communicate about your services. So, mm-hmm. you know, guys, at the end of the day, you are in the communications business. You just happen to sell real estate. You are in the talking to people business. You just happen to sell real estate. You cannot make your money in this business unless you are talking with people. All of this seems very, very basic. Somehow, some way, along some you know, convoluted path, real estate has been sort of hijacked, and a lot of you guys have begun to believe that the way you get business is by buying leads. Now, I haven't been on this little soapbox for a couple of weeks, so I'll just touch upon it, and I will get right back off <laughs> it so we can get back on our topic. Um, don't buy leads. There it is. I'm done. There you Learn go. how to generate them yourself. <laughs> now, I'm not saying don't take a referral. If you can basically take a referral for a listing and someone else generates the listing for you, another agent, and there are some services out there that do that as well, and you just pay a referral fee, that's beautiful. But the idea that you're going to somehow rely on a third-party entity to generate business for you is an exercise in futility that will result in, frankly, you never getting anywhere in your business. You have to pick up the phone. You have to remember that you're in the communications business. You have to remember that your job is to connect people. You just have to get in between of the buyer and the seller or the seller and the buyer. That is your goal. That is what we're going to cover today and help you overcome call reluctance. So we're going to take a real quick commercial break, and then Julie and I have, I think it was six or seven points to share with all of you guys, so stay Mm -hmm. tuned. Is coaching right for you? And how can I guarantee it will work for me? Chances are you are asking yourself those questions right now. I'll answer those critical questions for you in just a moment. But first, let's be honest about something you may have always suspected. You've probably always known that the nation's top 1% of realtors, you know, those millionaire agents you see on TV, they possess a secret knowledge that the other 99% of agents do not have. Where did they learn what they know? And more importantly, how did they learn how to put this closely guarded information into money-making action? It's simple. They have a coach. Not just any coach. The nation's mega millions, top 1% of the realtors know that in order to maintain their almost unfair advantage, that they must have their own personal coach. A proven, market-tested coach who has truly walked in their shoes. A coach who has worked with many of the nation's leading agents. At this point, you're probably ready to maybe try coaching. 
However, you don't want to be unfairly locked into a long-term ball and chain that coaching contracts can give you. It just makes sense that you should be able to try it before you buy it. Even more importantly, you want to have a coach who is the best of the best, not someone who is simply assigned to you or, even worse, has never sold real estate. Can you imagine? If this is you, I have something for you right now that is exactly what you have been looking for. For the next 48 hours, Tim and Julie Harris Real Estate Coaching is offering you a free coaching call. This is a real coaching call with a real Tim and Julie Harris coach. Now, while you are thinking about it, why don't you visit us online at freecoachingcallsforagents.com to get started. Once again, that is freecoachingcallsforagents.com. Now, let's be clear. This exclusive coaching opportunity is only available for the first 50 realtors who are stone-cold serious about their real estate business and know that in order to succeed at the highest level, they must hire a coach. So don't wait any longer. Take action now and visit us again at freecoachingcallsforagents.com to schedule your free coaching call. Again, that's freecoachingcallsforagents.com. Thanks so much. See you all soon. Okay, we are back. So, Julie, let's just jump right in, and let's just kind of clear the decks here. You know, guys, we absolutely positively rally against people making illegal cold calls, right? So, for God's sake, don't be a fool and violate the do not call list because you're just signing yourself up for tens of thousands of dollars of fines from the FTC. So let's just clear that out of the air, that we're going to make the assumption that you're going to be making legal calls. If you don't know how to make legal calls, you know, do as Rochelle just said in that old commercial and request a free coaching call at freecoachingcallsforagents.com or listen to the past radio shows we've done on legal prospecting, legal over-the-phone prospecting. And I want to kind of just cover this too. So over-the-phone prospecting is, when done correctly, probably the most effective thing you could do to generate leads. Why? Because our whole industry has adapted a, adopted a passive mindset. The, our whole industry, it seems, has basically gone from, you know, uh, has gone to Facebook and buying buyer leads and all these other things because they're not willing to make the contacts. They're not willing to make the calls because they have call reluctance. And now there's lots and lots of things around you that will reinforce that call reluctance and never force you to overcome those irrational fears. Uh, you know, the buying of the buyer leads and all the rest of it. Oh, you can just Facebook your way to success and, you know, you can drop off forget-me-not seeds and just focus on your centers of influence and past clients and give them pumpkins at Thanksgiving and whatnot, and eventually they'll come around to giving you business. All of that passive stuff may eventually work, but I'm speaking to those of you who are focused on making money now, making the most of this real estate boom, making the most of your opportunity to be of service for others right now. Not 60 days from now when maybe you'll get a referral or next year when maybe that whatever widget, golden, you know, silver bullet idea works. Right now. So, Julie, let's get to the first point, overcoming call reluctance, point number one. Point number one is have a mindset of service. How can you be of service? Thinking to yourself all the time, how can I be of service to the person I'm about to call? In other words, not making it about you, making it about how you can be helpful to the person you are contacting. How can you help them with their real estate needs? It's not about you. 
It's about what you can do for them. And Tim, I once had a coaching client tell me as soon as she switched her mindset to this, her outbound calls became so much easier. She went from dread to pleasure. It's, and well, she kept on using that phrase, it's my pleasure. So let's drill down it's on totally that for different. a second. Mm-hmm. But let's drill down on that for just a second. So if you're right now, if, if you're, the idea of you picking up the phone and contacting anybody makes your teeth itch, well, it's because you're thinking about yourself. You're thinking about what am I going to say? You're thinking about what are they going to think about me? How am I going to feel? What do they think about me? Will they think I'm desperate for business? Will they think all these negative thoughts, right? You fill your mind. It doesn't even take any effort for you to fill your mind with all these types of fearful thoughts that result in what? Apathy, complacency, and the worst yet, the buying of leads, okay? That's the slippery slope that a lot of you have been sliding up and down, up and down most of your careers. Here's the thought. Julie just said it. Have the most dominant thought in your head. Write it down on a piece of paper. Tattoo it on the front of your brain. And literally write it down on some board that you can see every day when you're near your phone because your phone is going to become your best friend. Have something that says simply, how can I help you? I am here to be of service. When you start focusing on those phrases, just do it now. Test it now. Focus on those phrases. How do you feel with the idea of the fears that you had being replaced with the idea of being of service. Do you notice how the ego, which was making you fearful, just sort of melts away? When you're focusing on how can I be of service, I'm here to help you, saying those words, saying them to yourself, before you pick up the phone, before you dial the phone, while you're dialing the phone, I'm here to help this person. My job is to help this person. Isn't it amazing how the helping mindset will completely extinguish the ego mindset? Guys, it's critical that you get this because it is a life-changing mode of operating. It's moving from your ego state to being of a service state. The ego can't exist in the same realm of you once you're in the service mode. Hopefully you guys get that. Hopefully that makes sense and that resonates with you. I would love to talk about that with more of you on our free coaching calls or freecoachingcallsforagents.com. Point number two, Julie. Point number two is you must have an organized list of who to call. Having an organized list will remove your excuses. Some of you guys are really good on the phone. We talk to you guys all all day long. We do free coaching calls. We have our advanced and our breakthrough students, our one-on-one clients. We talk to you guys all the time. And many of you are actually way better on the phone than you think you are. But your excuse, if you're in this category, is you don't call people because you're just so massively disorganized. You have leads on napkins. You've got them written on your hand, shoved in your purse, stuck in your wallet on the back of a receipt. You're not organized. So the more organized you are, the more likely you are to actually call. And this translates from everything from lead follow-up to calling for sale by owners and expired. Some of you guys don't call expireds because the only method you know how is using your hot sheet in the MLS and trying to egregiously look up phone numbers versus using a service that makes it easier or simply door knocking. So creating an organized approach can solve many of your issues because some of you think it's how you are on the phone, but that's not the fact. The fact is you're just a disorganized mess, which means you're making less money than you should. Point number three. Point number three, set aside an actual area of your office or home office called your contact area. This needs to be clean, isolated, with dream boards, things that are inspirational and motivational to you. 
music that you like in the background, the temple to your dreams, your prospecting shrine. It has to be your money-making, dollar-productive area of your home, of your office, your home office. It should look like a place where you are successful. It's just your area. Be selfish. It can be a corner in a room. It can be a closet. You know, it's funny. I do have some people that prospect in closets if they're in an area that's really, you know, congested. Not isolated. It is. The point is, is this is a place where you go and you're surrounded by things that are there to remind you, to make you feel good. Uh, it is okay that you have, uh, you know, essentially all your dreams. Go to magazines. Go to the Internet. Pull out pictures of experiences you want to have. Pull out pictures of things you want to buy. Uh, maybe pictures of how you want to look or how you want to feel. Anything that motivates you. Anything that puts you in that place of abundance, not that egoist state of fear. There in that prospecting area is where you can create all your dreams, where you can make everything happen for you. That is your little, I don't know what you want to call it, as we said, your temple to your dreams. Be okay with being a little selfish because it is sometimes the most powerful motivator when you're moving towards something. You know, and a little, a little side note here, guys. You know, some of us are coming out of this recession, depression, whatever historically it will be known as, and uh, we're a little bit gun-shy about wanting stuff, you know, because maybe some of you were a little excessive with your wanting, and it resulted in debts that resulted in you having financial issues. And so now you're afraid to say you want a new car, you want new clothes, you want a better house, you want stuff. Well, I'm going to clear the air for you. You are a spiritual being and a physical – in other words, you are a spiritual person, spiritual something that lives living in a physical world. You need stuff. You need a house. You need shoes. You need technology that's going to make it so you can do your job. You need a car. You need all of these things to exist. You just do. So you know what? It might as well be nice stuff, right? It might as well be nice stuff. That is more fun. (laughs) Yes, it's more fun. So get rid of the 20-year-old. Get rid of the 20-year-old Saturn and replace it with something interesting that really excites you and motivates you. If cars aren't your thing and you're into travel, then use that. If, you've only, if your big trip of your life has been to the Grand Canyon, hey, that's great, that's wonderful, but how about doing a tour of Europe? Whatever it is that turns you on, you know, as far as we all know, you only live once. You might as well make the most of it. So, Jules, the next point, point number four. That's exactly it. Number four, all of your scripts need to be posted on your wall. This does two things. It makes it so you don't have to shuffle for what to say. And number two, it makes it so you must stand up, which is our point number five, that keeps your energy level high, keeps your heart rate boosted. When you sound like you have energy and enthusiasm, you're going to come across the phone. and, And honestly, on the phone, you have to be more animated to come off that way. When you're standing, you can talk with your hands. That makes you more expressive. Sound like someone that your prospects want to do business with. So post your scripts on the wall. That way you can walk around. They're at eye level. You're zeroing right in on what to say. That's maybe next to your dream board. So maybe this call didn't work out, but you look right at that dream board, and it inspires you to keep yourself on the phone because the next one's going to be the appointment that you set. So that was point four and five. Now, the other thing, as Julie just said, that's really critical about standing and not sitting is that your energy level remains high. Uh, I am on my feet walking around the, our home office for usually five or six hours a day while I'm on coaching calls, and I cannot sit because the second I sit, 
I could literally feel the energy draining out of the tips mm-hmm. of my toes. So I walk the entire day, and I, when I have to write notes about whatever I'm talking about with one of my coaching students, I run back over to my computer and I put the notes in there. But I'm not in any other place other than present with you guys on the phone. Julie does it the same way. All of our coaches do it the same way. You need to prospect in that same type of environment because when you're on the phone with that, uh, that prospect, when you're on that phone with that person and you have the mindset of service and you're thinking about how can I be of service to this person, you need to be in the moment. You need to be present in that conversation, not thinking about or worrying about or all these types of egoy things that cloud your existence. You need to be with that person on the phone. They can tell the difference. They can feel the difference, and you will gain your confidence from taking that approach. All right, Julie, so the next point, point number six, I know is one of your favorite points. Hmm. Yes, this kind of makes me a little bit crazy from a coaching standpoint. Number six, the goal is to set appointments, not just to make contact. And some of you have been demotivated in the past because you've gotten what we call contactitis. You know, come to the call and say, well, you know, I, I'm a prospector, but I'm not getting results. And we'll dig deeper and, and we'll say, well, how many contacts are you making? Well, I religiously make 20 contacts per day, every day, no matter what. But I'm not sending appointments. Well, who are you calling? People where you just have, you know, like just listed, just sold calls are the perfect example. You have no reason to believe they're going to do anything. You know, so you're, all con- you're concentrating on number of contacts versus what you should be concentrating on setting appointments. As a coach, I don't really care, honestly, if you make three calls this morning and one of them turns out to be a pre-qualified listing presentation, fantastic, nice job. Ideally, you keep yourself on the phone because statistically we know you're going to set a second one within the first 10 minutes of setting the first one because you're all tons of energy and enthusiasm, more likely to set that appointment. But I would rather have you concentrate on using your scripts, listening to the person's situation, closing them professionally, setting the appointment, Maybe that's your first call. That's great. When you concentrate on how many contacts, your contacts are meaningless without appointments. That's it. And now the last point, point number seven, guys, and this is really critical, especially for those of you who we call samplers. I tried prospecting, but it didn't work for me. Or I tried this, or I tried that. By the way, if the word prospecting is something that does not appeal to you, call it lead generating. Okay, call it proactive lead generating. We need to sort of maybe mess around with the terminology a bit so some of you guys can get over your mooring lines about doing the basic stuff. But point number seven, be patient and understand that this is a process. And the process works like this. All of you, well, hopefully all of you, have been on a jet before. And I want you to put yourself mentally on that jet right now. So you're sitting in the passenger seat. Actually, I'll make it easier for you. I'm going to give you a promotion. (laughs) You're now the (laughs) captain of the jet. So you're now sitting in the front of the plane, and you know that in order to clear the runway, you have to obviously throttle up, do the, you know, step the, I'm not a pilot, so I don't really know all the terminology, but you can imagine there's a lot going on, but most of it has to do with applying enough fuel, applying enough power to the jet engines, and doing it consistently. So you are the pilot. Your goal is to get to cruising altitude as fast as possible. Your goal is obviously to get the passengers to where they're uh, wanting to go safely. So... Where does the plane, where does the pilot use its most fuel? Question, does it use it when it's taking off, the pilot, the plane, or is the most fuel used at cruising altitude or when landing? So at what point in the, uh, you know, sort of the plane process is the most fuel expended? That's kind of obvious, isn't it? Most of the fuel is used when the plane is taking off the runway. Not when it's at cruising altitude, certainly not when it's landing. 
So when it is taking off, when it is fighting uh, gravity, when it, the plane is having to use two and sometimes four engines to get up to whatever the cruising altitude is, and then once the plane is at cruising altitude, what happens? You've been on planes before. You know it gets quieter. It's super loud when it's taking off, and then once it reaches cruising altitude, it gets quieter. Why? Because at cruising altitude, everything is easier for the plane. Aerodynamics are working for it. Momentum is working on behalf of the plane and the energy that the pilot just had the plane uh, put forth to get to the cruising altitude. So the pilot then can cut back ever so slightly on the throttle, can't he? So to get to cruising altitude requires lots and lots of effort, but once you're at cruising altitude, less effort. Pull back on the throttle, and you can kind of relax. And at that point, the, the pilot can decide to go to a higher altitude. Say you go from, say, 10 listings to 20, or the pilot can just decide to maintain cruising altitude and keep it 10 listings for the rest of their career. But eventually, you know, the pilot's going to arrive safely and everyone's going to be happy. The moral of the story is if that pilot, back at the runway, were to not apply full throttle and not make all the efforts possible to get the plane up to cruising altitude, what happens? Well, A, it never clears the runway. B, it probably is going to, you know, essentially it's going to be throttle on, throttle off, throttle on, throttle off, and it will never get to cruising altitude. Some of you have been doing throttle on, throttle off your entire career. You're samplers. You've tried stuff. You've done it for a short period of time. didn't work for me. In other words, you weren't patient. You didn't give yourself the opportunity yeah. to learn the skills. My favorite is I called 10 expireds but didn't take a listing. Really? That's no. that's your you know that's your assessment, or I don't like fizzbos because they're mean. Okay, based on what? Well, you had one conversation once. That's a sampler. That's not cruising altitude. Cruising altitude is when you have kept your foot on the throttle. You've gone through the learning process. You've learned your scripts. You've had some great calls and some not so great calls. The people who make the most money in this business keep their foot on the throttle, and then when they get to cruising altitude, that's really when the fun begins and. For you know, for real estate, cruising altitude is having multiple listings at all times. Guys, that and, it, and it's counterintuitive. You would think that that would make it harder. In fact, that's smooth sailing. That's right. I mean, guys, this just makes sense, doesn't it? I mean, you're probably thinking, I'm believing everything that Tim and Julia are saying. It totally makes sense that I need to be doing what they're suggesting that I do. What do I do now? How do I actually get put one foot in front of the other? It's simple. You know what I'm going to say? Request a free coaching call. Free coaching calls for agents.com. We obviously give priority to existing coaching students and those of you who are ready to become coaching students. Be serious about your success. And there are no silver bullets, guys. There are no secret you know, potions that we can give you. This isn't witchcraft or alchemy. At the end of the day, this is going to take effort. Make the effort. Learn the skills and enjoy the benefits of it. Remember the first point that we gave to you guys today. How can I be of service to whom I'm choosing to do business with or who chooses to, be business, to do business with me? That is always our dominant mindset when we're talking with you. Hopefully you can feel that from us, that we are focused on you. We're focused on how can we help you. What can we do to help you? It's not focusing on us. It's focusing on you. Request a free coaching call, and let's see if we can get you on the right path. And at the very least, maybe a lot of you are on the right path Already, we can get you cruising to a higher altitude faster. So thanks for listening today, and we'll talk with you tomorrow. State coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, 
Thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.